you are listening to ground zero podcast join us as we discuss with mwangala sipumo and mwila krisedi wanga on the pf government the election period and the new hopes for the incoming government we are ground zero growing you every day Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ground Zero podcast again and boy am I so glad that you guys have been with us for this entire time. Zambia this year um had a bit of a period that all of us were like excited. The main, you know, finale for the year was this year's election when we uh, just had um the August pause and 90 days before that we had seen a lot of issues going around and different issues from different political parties them trying to campaign in a lot of different areas and um during all that period we did uh, an episode season called Zambia Designs and it went very well and um if I'm to remind all of us those of you that haven't played the podcast yet we did host um Emmanuel Kazungo Ndeya Kendumbo on our season finale for Zambia Designs and it was quite an amazing conversation if you are yet to play it please go back and click that episode enjoy the conversation and see how best we should react to the elections um results joining me today we have two young people I must I must confess that this is one of the most um tense conversations I've been looking forward to because the ones that we have today on the platform actually are well informed individuals and I just can't wait for this knowledge of uh information to just pour all over this uh platform that we have today. Um you have seen a few posters flying around. I've gotten great feedback from you guys um shared on Twitter, Facebook, even you guys that have been calling me that definitely means a lot. And I'm sure by now you, you know who these individuals are. If you don't, here's a quick introduction about them. Our first guest is Mwila Krisedi Wanga. He's a governance expert. I'm pretty sure when I said the first name, all of you shouted, "Wodarebo!" <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the vibe I get upon upon just uh, you know mentioning the, the the name, and I've followed him for quite some time now. I'm pretty sure you guys are having the same vibe. Um, he was a third runner-up in the. previous elections for member of parliament in Changa constituency youth representative in the Komesa region Zambia youth delegate in the Commonwealth awarded twice by the Zambian government and African region bodies of governance accomplishment awards he's been listed twice among Zambia's top 35 youth below 35 right no. definitely something to you know um admire i am admiring it i mean he definitely does push me with his works he's approved by the african union to be one of africa's best governance minds below the age of 30 that's something to marvel at <laughs> wila how are you doing Very well thank you brother thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to be here such conversation i believe they are futuristic and they are important for supporting our generation in becoming the leaders that we want to see so thank you so much for having me brother Boy, am I glad to have you. I've been I've been wishing to have you on the platform. I I must make mention during the Zambia Designs episode, I was thinking to myself, if I send him a text, he's going to say no. I'm pretty sure. Ah. He's <laughs> You should have you should have tried your best. 
I'm I a cool should. guy. I should. <laughs> more than I thought. More than I thought, actually. And uh, it's, it's definitely amazing seeing that. I just sent him a text on Twitter and he was quick to respond. He was very welcoming. I, I felt at home. I felt like I've known him for some time and I, I was comfortable with him, which is an amazing thing. So thank you so much for, for, for being on the platform. I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. We're supposed to be joined by Mwangala Sipumo as well, but she's currently having network issues. But Mwangala Sipumo needs no introduction from you guys. She was featured on Zambed Designs and um, if a network definitely kicks in, well, we'll definitely um, enjoy the conversation with her as well. So I'm um, just trying to move on. Mwila, um, I, I don't know where to start from because this conversation is obviously broad and um, as the key areas we'll be looking at today uh, just trying to have a quick little chat chat about the PF government um, the elections and you know new hopes for the new government I, I wonder how you would uh, describe the, the previous rulership that we had for about seven six years with the PF government how would you look at that um, I've asked this a couple of times. I remember I was on um, I was on an international platform. I think two days ago, and they asked me the very same question to say, "How would you define you know the previous regime and how they led?" I believe it was a it was a bittersweet kind of uh, period. You know, it was you know we had you know bitter situations with the previous regime. We had sweet situations with the previous regime. You know when. When the patriotic front came into power in 2011, they ignited a sense of hope, you know, in many young people, in the majority Zambians, and the lowly citizens, because you know they they survived, you know, on the manifesto of you know um, the ordinary citizens being a poor people-driven kind of political party, and the president who won at that moment in time, Mr. Michael Chifasata, may he so rest in peace. If you noticed, immediately being declared as a winner, the whole entire country was united in, in 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 a spirit of celebration that we've never seen before and they provided a sense of hope to many zambians out there coming from an elite driven regime of the mmd who did tremendously well in introducing multi-party politics and also you know anchoring our country on the very fabric of democracy which we also have to congratulate them and celebrate them for that when the patriotic front government came into office you know they they, they survived on the manifesto of infrastructure development lower taxes more money in the pockets and uh, and the list goes on when they ask when, when we talk about the issue of infrastructure development i think that's one area i would love to commend them you know, um, you know, they moved in that particular direction for one specific reason to link Zambia so that actually trade, you know, can skyrocket in order for us to have more revenue coming in the country. But they did that at the detriment of our economy because the moment you go into a process of consistently borrowing without having anything that uh, you know supports you to generate revenue to pay back that kind of money that you're actually borrowing, it becomes very difficult for you to sustain that particular day. When the president passed on, that was in the year 2015, if I'm not mistaken, then we had the by-election and President uh, Edgar Chagualongo came in. We saw a shift from the patriotic front being a poor people-driven political party to being a political party that is more centered on the rich, on the wealthy, on cadres, on violence, on on barbarism, on barbaric way of act, on thuggery kind of doing things. So we saw a whole different shift. However, it was however, aspect of 
continuity with progress and the list goes on so in a nutshell when uh, if, if somebody asked me how the previous regime was I believe, I believe it, was, it was a mixture of everything you know but one thing that i'd love to state is that the patriotic front have a lot to learn from you know from from their from their previous era of leadership you know arrogance was one thing that i actually observed from the party that actually left office they were not willing to listen to the people when the people complained the whole idea of wanting to justify error also costed them an election the whole idea of you know magnifying or rather let me say elevating an ordinary cadre above an ordinary Zambian also costed them an election. The whole issue of wanting to campaign on tribal lines costed them an election. So if they have to rebrand, they literally have to do away with many political many things political. their political party if they have to come back in full force in 2026. But all in all, they did amazingly as regards infrastructure development. They linked our country. And uh, that's something that we really have to congratulate them on. And also the president, by virtue of him, you know, supporting a smooth transitioning of power, that's something that we also have to celebrate because it's not something that we often see in African politics. Thank you. Um, you. You've spoken quite a number of issues here about the patriotic government. And indeed, um, it's something that we should applaud them for the aspect of linking the country to promote trade and many other issues that actually bring economic growth. But again, at the expense of the country's economy, that's just something to get to question on how the, the planning was done on how they would want to you know, um, cover off the debt that was overborrowed to begin with mm. and now leaving a nation to ans- an aspect why it's been um, crippled. So now... Um, Mwangala has just joined us and uh, Mwangala, we're just getting, we're just from getting feedback from Mwila um, over here about um, his thoughts and his two cents about the patriotic government. What would be yours? How would you best define the patriotic government in their reign? Okay, uh, thank you so much for having me to begin with. I don't know what happened with my network or my phone, but it keeps cutting me off. But anyway, I had um, a bit of what he said and I must agree with him. I think um, they did some good things. <laughs> the infrastructure development, though some of it, it is limited to Lusaka, unfortunately. And um, the cost that I think bothered many Zambians, including myself, would also talk about um, the Kadarism, which I think most of the people have wanted to you know, where Kadars were given so much power, even having the audacity to, you know, um, stand up to an office of the law. Um, apart from that, the arrogance. I think Mila has literally said most of the things. But one thing that stands out for me... Kind of lost her again. That's why we need to <laughs> connect. That's why we need to digitally connect our country properly. And I hope uh, the current administration will think of bridging the digital divide. Mwangala is having issues with her, with her network. You know, there's need for us to improve. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true. If anything, you did share your 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 comments on um, the the president elects meeting with representatives from is it China or Japan about the exchange of technology in growing the nation. Uh, why they bring in more technology and as an aspect of us growing as a nation, which yes. I, I believe would definitely get to that when we start looking at the new hopes of what we hope the, the, the new government is actually going to bring in. And um, before that, you, 
people you did quite speak a number of, of things about the patriotic government uh, we're just it's just unfortunate that Mangala started airing our own views and then before you know it um, network happened but we we definitely hope that it's something that will be not a problem in the near future um, so going back to our conversation um, of course yes it was a, a bittersweet relationship as you mentioned and you've definitely articulated a lot of aspects which are actually facts on how you would um, you know evaluate the PF government and you've mentioned that they definitely have to um, rebrand and um, just on that note we just recently heard that Antonio Manza has been put um, to a post rebrand that and you, you shared some of your thoughts on your social media we just love to have the same thoughts on an aspect of them rebranding as a political party with Antonio Manza on that position I I was um, you know uh, I had a conversation with one of the colleagues within the patriotic front and he asked me to say Mila do you think we have the chance of bouncing back I said you actually do but it all depends on how you reposition and rebrand yourself as a political party because um if you look at the UPND, the UPND have, have been in opposition for literally over 20 years, if I'm not mistaken, within that particular range. And they've had members of parliament who have been loyal to the core. They've been loyal to their political party. They've been okay being in opposition for a very long time. They've, they've only had approximately 50, about 50 somewhere there members of parliament of the UBND, if, if you compare with what the patriotic front has retained, they have retained approximately 60 members of parliament in parliament, which is different to how it was with the MMD when they were kicked out of power in the year 2011. So they have some chance of bouncing back. You know, they have the grip of being able to provide checks and balances to the current regime. However, the manner in which they rebrand and restructure and reposition themselves is of ultimate importance because because one thing that you have to understand about the whole field of politics is that it can be exhilarating, the stress and the misery that goes on. Antonio Manza has been appointed National Youth Chairman of the Patriotic Front. Yeah. As a National Youth Chairman, it should be somebody who's able to command not only influence, but it should be an inspirational person to young people. It should be somebody that young people resonate with. It should be somebody that young people can easily have that particular connection with. Because being National Youth Chairman for a particular party is not just about occupying a position. It's about how do you woo young people to join your party. Antonio Manza has, lack of a better term, messed up his brand during this particular political campaign through certain rhetoric that may not sit well with certain political figures. So if you ask me about rebranding, what I would advise the patriotic front government to do is basically to restructure the whole entire political party from the SG up until each and every constituents where they lost to ensure that there's new leadership across the board, that their members of parliament that they have right now, they are anchored on principle because we have MPs in PF4 already saying, I am ready for a position within the LPND government. That in itself shows that they are not ready to provide checks and balances to the new regime. So there's a lot mm. of work that needs to be done. But let's wait and see how the whole entire electoral process unfolds for the next five years. 
Yeah, thank you. And um, just on the same underlining concept of rebranding, and under the PF government, individuals would actually, um, we've definitely seen as a country a lot of um, you know mis- misfortunes that would literally hope that they never did happen. Uh, amongst them, we, we saw the inflation rate skyrockets, the issue of 48 houses, the fire tenders, scandals, Mukula, the FIC reports, the expensive toll gates, the cutters, as you missing medicines the president yeah they're definitely quite despite them having a bad track record the pf government um can they bounce back and they win another election chances are very slim i think may at presidential level it would take a lot for them to rebuild their brand here maybe at parliamentary or local government but presidential it takes a lot and I think one thing I've noticed Zambians once you are voted out of government it's difficult for you to bounce back I mean we've seen UNIP we've seen um, the MMD you know trying to bounce back after being after leaving office so it's really hard and it will take a lot really I think probably a whole new crop of leaders not the current ones in my yeah. opinion yeah yeah, yeah. 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 maybe it's also yeah, add up on that I'm hearing my maybe to add up to, to what Gala said and she's right you know, Zambians have lost patience nowadays um, however uh, where, where are the patriotic fronts stands better chances. If you look at the MMD and the UNIP, they survived within an era of first past the post. That's the electoral system that we had, meaning a person can get literally 30% and they'll be declared president. The new system that we have, a person needs to have not less than 50% of the vote in order for it to be declared you know, president. If you look at the other political parties who are in opposition, they have a lot of work to do in order for them to command national authority, in order for them to command national relevance at that particular level. So where the patriotic front stands a better chance that they already have structures. They already command Luapula, Northern Province, Muchinga, Eastern Province. They already have, you know, uh, representation. They're the ones who are, you know, in charge of Lusaka City right now. They have a mayor. Now, the ones who are having the mayor in Kabwe, they're the ones who have a mayor in Chipata, in Mansa, and the list can go on. They have a chance, but like what Mwangala said, there's a lot that needs to be done in order for them to actually bounce back to reality. And for me, the whole idea of the patriotic front coming clean before the people and apologizing, in political science, there's what we call sympathetic uh, uh, vote. There's, there's, There's what we call a sympathetic vote where voters begin to sympathize with you simply because you've been vulnerable before their presence. The Patriot Front, the whole idea of justifying error, that is what has really messed up the whole entire political party. But if they're able to come out clean and say, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, fellow countrymen and women, we understand that there are so many things we never did as a party. There are so many areas where we, there are so many areas where we messed up. There are so many areas where we, we did not uh, provide good checks and balances. We, we messed up in this area. We were not accountable. We entertained lawlessness. We gave more attention to cadres than the ordinary citizens. We, we were arrogant in listening to the ordinary voters. We, we, we did not support the, you know, in, 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 in bringing back our economy to its full, to its full course. So if 
they become vulnerable before the voters, it becomes easier for them to actually bounce back. But when they continue on this space where they are thinking they never messed up, they never did anything wrong, it becomes very difficult for the ordinary Zambians to entrust them with authority again. And if they continue for the next five years justifying error, I believe even the 60 members of parliament that they have, they will lose them and UPND might spend return literally the whole entire parliament. Why, thank you. Thank you for those definite opinions. Um, I mean, even I would um, even I would wonder what, what, what then will happen next if we have the same justification of um, cadres in the streets where we saw little or no fight back from the PF government to fight this kind of vices and we saw little or no effort to actually combat some of these wrongdoings that we saw happening during that tenure. And um, maybe just to try and um, conclude on, on, the, on the matter of um, the patriotic government, I think we'll start with you, Mwangala. Um, the president um, of Zambia, uh, Dr. Edgar Chagalungu, accepted defeat and um, accepted to hand over power peacefully. How do you interpret that? How do you take it as an individual in the nation? How do you interpret that while well, we have the president and not we have the president not fighting to hold on to power, uh, regardless of what was said before the elections and whatnot, yet he accepts to peacefully pass on the instruments of authority to the president-elect? Yeah. Um, truth be told, I don't know why it was a wild thing because... I mean, we are in a democracy. It's a democratic state. So it's just obvious to say, <laughs> to say when someone loses, I mean, you should be able to peacefully hand over the instruments of power. But uh, like you have mentioned, I think to avoid going back to what was said before uh, the elections, I think it's actually a good thing and it's a commendable thing because, I mean, we've seen... Uh, many African heads of state holding on to power for decades and generations. So it's a go- it's a commendable thing. I think that's the best he could do for for his people. Yeah, as as president of the Republic of Zambia. So it's a commendable thing, and we are happy. But obviously, under normal circumstances, it should be a normal thing for someone to concede defeat and easily hand over the instruments of powers. But we're still grateful. Okay. Definitely honest feedback there. The president's conceding defeat and accepting to hand over the instruments of power in peace. Well, <laughs> you know, you know why it's commendable is it's not normal in Africa. <laughs> yeah, you know, in some African countries. Yeah, like what Mangala said, it's 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 a normal thing to do in a democratic dispensation. But why why it becomes commendable is it's not normal in Africa. That's why because look by virtue by virtue of President El still being in power, he still has authority. Not. The, the only time that the president will lose authority is after is after inauguration. So he's still the commander in chief. Um, the whole entire army bows down to his command. He's still the one who has the final say when it comes to our public meet, our public uh, broadcasters at NBC. So in other ways, he's the one in charge of the media platforms. He's the one in charge of the of, of all armed forces. So if he wishes to be selfish, he can as as an African leader. But for his exactly. you know, wishes to just 
provide a peaceful transition you know, of power, I think that really sends a strong message uh, to many other upcoming African leaders out there to say, guys, if it can be done in Zambia peacefully, they've had seven presidents so far. If it can be done in Zambia, it can be done in Yeah. I think on that one, we can definitely say amen to um, <laughs> the discussion about the Patriotic Government, the Patriotic Front Government, that is. It's, it's definitely been um, a bittersweet period with the uh, Patriotic yeah. Front Government going into um, our next segment. So before we jump right in it, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss just a few issues around the election period that we had here in our country. Please stay tuned and keep listening. I would say the PF government was good somehow, to some extent, if I would put it that way. They were good, but they messed up in some areas, yeah. And they neglected the voice of the youth, especially on social media. Like, people would address their challenges on social media, but they would pay, they would pay a blind eye to that, yeah. I think they could have done better. And then also I can describe the PF government to be for lack of better terms, corrupt and a government that used to misuse funds and which gave power so much to you know political cadres, specifically for for their party. The PF government never had transparency in the things they were doing. Most of the things were based on corruption or who's on top had to get you up there. And then in terms of that, people saw that uh, in, the, in the way they are delegating the ways they had to to remove them out of office and elect someone who's going to be able to show transparency. When they came into office the first year and a half, it looked like they were headed into the right direction. But after they won the elections, they started to implement plans and visions that were out of the blue. Henceforth, the bad leaders in PF government made very difficult decisions that affected the economy and the livelihood of many Zambians. Most likely, it was most likely that uh, the vision would not uh, be fruitful because they decided to do their own things. And in as much as they made good decisions, the bad overshadowed the good. You are listening to Ground Zero Podcast, discussing issues that matter. And we're back. Um, we have had an amazing conversation about the Patriotic Fund government. And I'm still glad that you guys are still in the podcast listening to this amazing content. Where I'm having Mwila and Mwangala on, on this discussion today. And I'm so glad that you guys keep on listening and supporting the podcast. Thank you so much. And now let's dive in into the election aspect. Uh, by constitution, uh, 90 days before the election date, uh, political parties go to um, campaign so that they can speak to the masters, why they should vote for them, and many other things like that. And we saw quite a good number of things coming in. The unfortunate part, however, was during the same 90-day period, we lost the father of our nation, Dr. Kenneth Counter. May he so rest in peace. And uh, we had seen some political parties putting support to their campaigns and after a period of time again starting and many other things like that. I think this time we're going to start with you, Mangalon. What your thoughts on um, how the 90-day period was to you? 
Okay, I think it was an interesting one. Um, owing to the fact that political parties were subjected to campaigning um, via roadshows, yeah, during the pandemic, because was still in the pandemic, so it was different. Unlike the traditional rallies where people will gather at the ground and they're spoken to, this time it had to be done either virtually, some via social media platforms, radio, any other. Uh, platform radio, TV, I think we saw quite a number of adverts, billboards. So I think this time around, um, all forms of media were exhausted because people couldn't gather, you know. Yeah, but apart from that, as uh, being able to campaign or political parties being able to campaign uh, under the new normal, it's unfortunate that lives were lost. And also the fact that it was characterized by violence, um, people bringing down posters, um, the tribal remarks, you know, yeah, trying to divide what people had worked so hard for. And it's it's just sad that it was the, the tribal remarks were very untimely and uncalculated, if I put it that way. There's not good time for them, but I mean, it's like you mentioned, it's the time that we had lost our first Republican president who spoke and fought for peace, you know. He spoke of Tiende Pamozi, you know, one Zambia, one nation. So it, it was just saddening and heartbreaking. But um, I'm glad and I thank God that, you know, we rose above it as Zambians. We rejected the tribal remarks. Yeah, so I think it was an interesting period, COVID-19, all forms of media have been exhausted, the tribal remarks. And of course, um, Unfortunately, the playing field was not leveled for them that for, for for some of the candidates because they are not allowed to campaign in certain areas. So, but I mean, eventually, <laughs> the best party won. If I put it that way, the people still decided. Definitely, most definitely. Wonderful comments from there. Um, honorable. Yeah. This was your time. Yeah. Very exciting, you know. <laughs> she has seen the snow on my face like honorable. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Trust me, trust me. That's that's the first thing I called him when I texted him. Honorable, because he is. Nice. Right? So, he is, he is. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Honorable your comments. Um, H, you know, this 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 campaign was like no other, like Mwangala. Definitely. You know, it was like yeah. no other way. And actually, I'll be frank with you, I anticipated voter apathy. <laughs> you, for you? Yeah. 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 You know why I say that? It's because we never had time to engage with the electorate because of COVID-19 mm. uh, campaign restrictions. So people were limited with either radio stations, uh, billboards and newspapers and flyers and you know roadshows. You, you, you don't interact with people through distributing masks and roadshows. You know, so I, I I I reached the point where I thought maybe people would have would not really turn out, but people having to turn out just really shows how much burden they carried for the past five years. Trust and, me. Uh, yeah. The, the way, the way I think that's what pushed most yeah, people. <laughs> exactly, Mongala. I think that's what really pushed people for the burden they carried for the past five years and you know yeah and when, when i'm on before the whole entire election people could ask me what what how do you anticipate the results to come out i actually even used to say i'm anticipating a rerun 
you know, because uh-huh. people couldn't really come out. So when the results came out and they came out the way they came out, it was it was it was uh, it was really yeah. magnificent, shocking. Really, shocking, you know. So the whole entire campaign yep. period, uh, for mm-hmm. me, you know, it was it was a mixture of everything. But truthfully speaking, I think uh, it showed politicians that we can campaign even using different mediums and platforms. And I think mm-hmm. we are getting to a direction where we also begin to modernize the way in which we campaign and I think with how the whole entire campaign was actually carried out it sends a strong message to future political uh, leaders and to future electoral commission um, uh, leaders as well to say look it's not always it's only through large crowds as, as, as rallies can you pass on a message we can use mm-hmm. different platforms and mediums in order for us to actually pass on a message it was sad that we had so many clashes we lost our republic our, our first republican president we had people dying in, in, in the name of a political party. And I feel 2026, may we please mend all these wounds that we've actually created for ourselves as Zambians. Because whether you like it or not, a mother who lost a child because of a, or because of a campaign, political party. because of a political yep. party, don't think that wound has healed simply because elections have passed away. At all. We really need to, you know, revisit some of those wounds that have been created and we see how best we can build that build back better in the next five years to come president hh has a lot of work to do in uniting the country i can't just stop but but think of um the same period and you, you're talking about someone losing their lives literally because of a political party in the same discourse of, of, of the campaign period and now I'm, I'm thinking to myself what should be the ideal way to go about campaigning especially for political um, leaders and aspirants with regards to how they should package their, their message because I have attended a few um, I've attended a few meetings and had conversations with political the message they share is vote for me and don't vote for the other person because of A, B, C, D. They will speak of what you should not vote for. What, that, that, the things of that you not look for in the other person. But they won't mainly talk what they are going to do or how best they're going to improve the situation or how best they're going to engage you and improve the standard of lives in the community and things like that. They will mostly focus on vote for us because uh, when you vote for us, put up with ABCD from the other party and things like that. So what should be the ideal way of structuring a campaign message when you're going to deliver it to your people? Avoid this kind of violence, violence behavior and many other misfortunes. Okay, sure. Um, I think the best way is to talk to the people, offer them solutions, you know, because I think what most of the candidates did, like you mentioned, they were basically trying to decampaign the other person, when in the actual sense, making them popular and shining the light on them. Because now the electorate gets concerned and starts asking questions. Why not this person? How about this person? So even those that didn't know about them are now inquisitive to want to find out. So I think it's about what you're going to do for the people. If you have served before, um, look back and say, okay, I have done this for you guys. I'm going to continue in this very regard. And um, I think now we have quite a very smart, well-informed and learned generation. It's different from back then where people would bring chitengas and a bag of mealy meal. Because trust me, prior to the elections, people were saying, eat with them. If they bring you gifts, money, shoes, whatever it is that are going that are going to bring in order to ask you to, to buy your vote, do whatever it is that 
they want you to do but you know your your vote is your secret and that's what most Zambians rode on i think this is what disappointed the patriotic front because most people seemed or pretended to be with them when materials being distributed we received as members of the public you know and of course for for some it was for fear of intimidation yeah so this time around i think people want objectivity i saw people on different uh, platforms social media platforms sharing party manifestos not that they could actually compare and contrast which one is better so i think people now need to be objective and know that um we they are dealing with a learned generation people that are objective people that want results because trust me whether we receive the vitenges or the milimi or not months later the cost of living the high cost of living was too come and bite us and we be um, left to face uh, the decision that we make for the next five years so people are now more objective so politicians should now change you know adapt and evolve with the mindset of the young zambians currently i think that's my uh, my say on this Maybe, oh, no. maybe to, maybe, yeah, maybe to come in. Uh, one thing that I would say is a narrative is shaped by the stories that we tell. And to to cement what I've just said is, uh, you know, during this election, the reason why we had various clashes is the statements that certain political leaders could make when speaking to their voters. I'll give you exactly. an example. When I'm when I was running for office, and I was on radio, and I was asked to make a very bad comment about the member of parliament we had, you know, before the one who's actually there, and you could tell that the interviewer wanted me to something very wanted me to say something very bad. And one thing that I said is, you will not, you know, you will not hold me in order for me to say something negative about the previous uh, member of parliament. Reason being, I have a following and he also has a following. Mm-hmm. The very moment I say something negative, it will trickle down to our followers and our followers exactly. will not give the need of coexisting. So same thing applies. That's why you could see certain cadres, whenever they meet, they could clash. Where that was coming from was not coming from them. It was coming from the leader. It's coming from the following. top. Exactly. You, you, I know you know the famous state proverb which says, you know, when the elephant fights, the grass that suffers. So Mm-hmm. adding up to all these things i really i really got inspired with the speech that the president elect gave the very first moment he was you know exactly glad with yep. that was a unit uniting speech refining it was a, speech, yeah. it was, it was a refining speech and if he can continue True. on that trajectory it's going to rebrand and change the manner in which we view politics forever <laughs> political figures and political leaders will no longer campaign on tribal lines they will no longer campaign trying to beat down another individual they will no longer campaign talking about where somebody else comes from what somebody else has done how they're going to arrest somebody when they come into office they're not going to talk about you know? what what they'll talk about when they're given an opportunity to be a politician is what it is they are going to do for the people and this in itself is is cardinal because it's coming from the top most leaders and I'll tell you the truth I really don't see I like to 
like the unbiased stance that the UPND have had towards their cadres. They're not entertaining any lawlessness. And I think we need to continue on that trajectory. And for me, truthfully speaking, to answer the question, how should politicians package their message? It's three things. Your, your message should be issue-based. Give people hope. Your message should be uniting. We are a country of di- that is very diverse, but your message yes. should be able to demonstrate beauty in diversity. And lastly, yes. your whole entire message that you structure should be able to motivate and inspire people wanting to be more like you as a leader. Because we're not only leaders upon assuming a political position, but we are leaders even without a political position. And that's something that I consistently try to tell young people that aspire for political office, that be leaders before the ballot. Don't tell me you can only be a leader the moment you become a member of parliament, president, mm-hmm. but be a leader way before the ballot, way before having a position. You should be able to inspire, influence, and the moment people hear you speak, they should be wanting to become more better than they were before. Nice. I think, um, you know, if you allow me just to like echo what Mila um, has just said, I think obviously it starts from this from the top. We saw how president-elect, you know, just said one word and said, we are not going to allow Kadarism so, or any form of violence, whether a PF or the UPN. And I think this is something that should have been done like way back. Mm-hmm. If it had been said way back, we wouldn't even be where wouldn't have gotten to where we were as a country. And mm. I think um, now we have moved past the political differences and whatnot because of one voice. And he consistently and has been constantly saying that from the time the the election results were announced to say, please, you know, it's it's just it's only once every five years that we come to where we were, like a few yeah. days ago. And we're back to normal. Life is business as usual. So it's those few months, those few days that could be def- life-defining or life-changing moments. And That's you need right. to guard them with the most diligence. Yeah. That's right. Most more, most definitely. Um, you know, I, I can tell that... Um, there's a lot going on here. Others may not be able to um, record it, but I think there's a ton of things that the current president is supposed to do with regards to uniting, uniting the nation. Of course, first speech alone tackled a lot of issues. A lot. That all of us to just feel like I haven't had this kind of feeling over a president giving a speech. Ever in it was life. therapy. <laughs> On a lighter note, it sounded like it gave hope to a lot of Zambians, myself inclusive. Like it was something different from what we've been well, hearing. I, I felt like I'm a president. All due respect. <laughs> For honestly speaking, my patriotism, I love Zambia, but my patriotism that day was reignited because I was frustrated by the previous leadership that we had. So this was like just hope, literally a new dawn for us. Truth be told. And everyone was definitely motivated. He spoke motivation you know? and created spirits to uh he gave hope yeah. to those who employed. He gave hope to those who are still doing their studies and oh you have to be competent and be a Zambian. He gave hope to relationships and don't know I brought something about <laughs> 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 And that's the only thing that Zambia most 
people pick you. Hey, girlfriend and boyfriend support each other. Girlfriend and boyfriend. We are busy. Are you You know? It's a good thing, and I think it goes to um, the president-elect for ensuring that uh, that speech was delivered. And you can tell the press freedom that was just there. You can tell from how he was like asked questions. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen you that. Know, long time. I have never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely a good thing. And um, this is something that Bali also mentioned. I was about to say it, but I just realized we we're supposed to go into our next segment to discuss this kind of related issues. <laughs> so yeah. we take a break and when we come back, we're going to continue with a conversation over the new hopes with a new government that's going to come in um, power. So yeah, we'll right. take a break and uh, we'll be back soon. The election process was, I think it was free and fair although i believe people were trying to temper with the results however everything went smoothly the election process was was generally fair if i would put it that way a lot of people turned up and uh, they believed that through that election they could do something about what was happening in the country it is clear and evident that the young people decided this election the determination to wake up as early as 0201 to go to the polling station to go and wait just to cast a vote for a councillor, mayor, president and local government tells me that young people for the first time in Zambian history decided to do something very productive and these elections I think were free and fair because of the landslide. I think it was difficult to rig these elections because there was so much support for the opposition that it wouldn't be easy to rig. So for the first time, these elections were free and fair, in my opinion. Um, my analysis of the elections, he says elections didn't really start off at a fair, on, a, on fair grounds, especially when we talk about campaigns, because there were some government imposed restrictions. I actually got to see one of them physically when uh, the current president-elect was actually coming to Chingola, whereas the the military, the mobile police were deployed early morning by six hours. They were deployed with guns, armed with with live bullets, waiting for him to to approach town. Whereas when the president was to come in, it wasn't even at that at that level. Free and fair is the best description that I can use to describe the elections that were just previously conducted uh, in the year 2021 here in Zambia. Well, I can't make claims which I cannot substantiate, but uh, the poor day was good. People turned up in large numbers to vote, although the campaign period was not good uh, in that uh, it was marked with violence and uh, there was unfair application of the Public Order Act. Bali was amongst the words that was mostly hashtagged on that day when they were announcing who the president-elect is going to be. And all of us were, most of us, were happy. Others were in tears. But 
feeling that the nation had was they were very happy of the new president elect when he was announced by um Isao Isao Chulu and now uh, uh, in a few hours after that we got a tremendous speech we were just before we went on break and uh it was unifying uh, both parties have mentioned that uh, the speech was definitely something that they have they were hoping for in the high because it's like we're coming it's like a period where well, so many things that we just can't take anymore and now we have a new hope it's like a light at the end of a tunnel and now we're looking at the expectations we have for the new government so what is our hope in the government with as head of state who's going to take it up first take it up ladies first all right thank you um there's so much hope uh, i think young people are looking forward to jobs you know them getting sustainable and well paying jobs because we saw in the past few years that most young people preferred being a patriotic front card to going to school because it seems to be more paid or at least it is <laughs> put food on their tables so now and they thought education was useless uh, so i think most of us are looking forward to jobs being created and then being sustainable and of course being secure because we saw those that took to the streets to protest for better working conditions being fired or being threatened uh, so i'm just looking forward to a conducive labor environment both in the private and public sector uh, we're also looking forward to entrepreneurship uh president elect talked about how i think we all know that he's an entrepreneur but then he he reassured young entrepreneurs that he's going to try and work with different stakeholders in ensuring that a conducive and enabling environment is made for young entrepreneurs for SMEs and startups and for me um coming from the youth entrepreneurs association of zambia this is very exciting because prior to now or prior to that speech we were not at any point engaged as an association except we saw a uh, different empowerment funds being dished out to what procedure we're not sure despite us being an autonomous body recognized by government made by an act of parliament so we hope this time around we're going to be engaged and also we'll be part of um the decision making board that actually looks at these funds and how they're dispersed and how they are returned back into the system you know in order to empower many other youth we also i also look forward to i think he talked about the media getting back their freedoms which was a very exciting thing because i mean we saw prime tv being shut down you know because they offered checks and balances they were literally on the government's neck at the time so it's exciting that we have our voice back obviously provided that we are within um the constitution and the laws of zambia you know it doesn't deprive anyone in any way so that those are exciting for me and also i think the cost of living going down Jesse Chara says the BNB is currently at 8,000 kwacha for a family of five living in Osaka. So that's quite high and we've seen in a few days that the kwacha has appreciated. So we're hoping that the cost of living will also go down. Yeah, and I think in a nutshell, I think everyone uh, 
being carried along, you know, development not being taken only to select a part of the country, but even the rural Zambian should know to say they have a leader that cares for them and looks out for them. Someone in Shangongo, someone in Kulungu, in Inchelengi, having access to good education, sanitation and health, water, food as well. So for me, I think the expectations are high, like you've mentioned, but our president-elect assured us that they're going to set the bar quite high as they leave office, by the time they leave office. Yeah, thank you. Your comments, Mwena? Yeah. Um, my, my, I'm optimistic and realistic. You know, um, we, have, we have a new government. Now, it doesn't mean that now young people, we go back to sleep and we no longer participate in national affairs. I made a post yesterday where I said the nation dies when its youth stop participating in national affairs. I like what Wangala has said. You know, she, she has re-echoed the need of including them in the whole entire process of remodeling our country's uh, entrepreneurial environment. And I think for me, that's what I really want to see in the new regime. I want to see an environment that incubates intellectual potential. I, I, exactly. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I felt choked in the previous regime. You know, I, I we were. Like, I, like as, <laughs> I was I'm frustrated you, with Bitcoin. I'm telling you, I felt like as young intellectuals, we never had space to which we can actually provide our views and um, apply ourselves. You know, exactly. Yeah. I, I wrote a book at the time when COVID nineteen was at its peak, which was entitled uh, "Decolonization." Decolonization. Yeah, yeah, the whole idea of the book is about how do we rethink Africa's development in post COVID nineteen. In other African countries, the book was appreciated. In my own country, they never saw value in it. But if it was a cadre who came to office and says, I've got this idea, you know, it would, it would have been easier. So one thing that I really want to see in the current regime is to provide an environment through which young potential and excellence can actually grow without having any kind of connection, but simply because you are brilliant and you can actually excel. We need to create that kind of an environment. I'm glad that the economy is now coming back to its full shape, even before somebody has been inaugurated already, that's some confidence beyond human imagination. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I really want to see in the current regime is to restructure our foreign policy and to reclaim our space in the on the on the international scene because mm-hmm. we need to get back to the table as Zambians. I felt like we lost our grip on the international scene as Zambians, and I and I I, I mm-hmm. think it's high time we restructure and rebrand our foreign policy. The manner in which we relate with the West should not be different with how we relate with the East. We should not have China having more dominance in our country while ourselves, we don't have a say in literally everything that China does in their country. We should not reach a point where if Americans have have, had to come to Zambia to establish various investments, they feel like they own our country and we literally have no say in what they do. We need to restructure our foreign policy. How do we relate with Japan? How do we relate with China? How do we relate with UK? How do we relate with the Americans? That's very important. The reason why restructuring our foreign policy is key, it is due to the fact that that's where uh, economic, social economic development comes in. Because as a country, we don't have the adequate revenue to actually support every developmental program that we had. But the very moment Bali goes to the to the to the negotiation table, you should be able to negotiate date with a lower interest rate. That's what we're looking for right now. When Bali goes to the negotiation table, he should have Zambians at heart, Zambians first, and whoever is negotiating with should actually come second. 
And the same way that many other countries outside Africa have positioned uh, themselves, I want to see a country that is completely united in the in, in the new regime. And a person who doesn't see tribe, I'll be frank with you. And um, which where do you come from? What's your tribe? That's not the first thing that I ask. You know, for me, it's about character and competence. And I, mm-hmm. and, and for me, in the current regime, I'm very happy that even just a few hours ago, the the, the, the president elect made a statement where he said cabinet foreign service and the, 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 it will be it will have a national image people will come from all parts of the country and that's what we all want to see but above and beyond i really want to see the president elect setting a very high standard of what it means to be a politician yes i think that's really nice because i mean politics has been known to be a dirty job so <laughs> Um, it would be a good thing if he actually redefined yeah. <laughs> I, I that statement, office, you know? Yeah. You can see, right? Could tell me, when I feel like you're becoming yeah. a cadder when you're talking, that intellectualness, you've lost it. I'm telling you, like, I reached the point where <laughs> I, had to, I had to literally lower my standards because I was running for office. You know, so well, <laughs> because oh, wow. I had to literally yeah. lower because that's the kind of politics that the previous regime introduced so even when you're talking on radio you had to speak in a particular manner you had to sound in a particular for people to relate for people to relate with you but i think with bali coming in i think something can change definitely also um Uh sorry um i also look forward to accountability where leaders are held accountable for public resources, for their actions, for taxpayers' money. In the previous government, we saw a lot of people, I think, they fought corruption with kids' gloves, if I would call it that, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretending, trying to fight, but you're actually not trying to fight it. We saw most of them being caught by debt, being probed, being taken to court, and then it all ends in a only prosecute. For like, I think almost all their cases for those that were actively serving in government and were, you know, um, called for corruption charges, it ended up in a non-prosecutor. So I, I look forward to Bali actually realizing his statement. You know, he said his new government has no tolerance for corruption. They have zero tolerance. So I hope we're going to get answers for expired drugs, for trust being <laughs> divested, you know. Like, I I look forward to that personally. So I'm very excited and optimistic that the public service will get a new face, a good one for that matter. Most most, most definitely. I think um, the new hope for the new government is that citizens and individuals should be scared of someone holding public office. He did echo out a lot of um, a leader being a servant and not going that boss servant around leadership yes. yes because you are because we were threatened who are you <laughs> like I had <laughs> an interesting time in this <laughs> government I swear <laughs> being on the other side of the table was really interesting but I mean tables have changed now yeah so it's interesting yeah, definitely most um, in- interesting. We'll, we'll definitely continue having such conversations as we proceed with the new government, and and until until um, 
until we have our next elections. Bali, though, did mention that he won't run for the third term. I, I'm still eager to see how that turns out. And um, I think in closing, we'd just love to get a few words from both of you on um, the whole process of uh, where we started, where we are now, and how best we can proceed from here. I must make mention, though, that... Um, Honorable Mate said something that I, that I would love to quote, though not in this conversation. Um, it's a quote yes. once said that says, "The problems of the world are inevitable, but as a people, we have to be in, we have to be the inevitable solutions to so the world's inevitable problems." problems. Yeah. and that has always stuck. I think as I wait for for yours, I think we can start with Mangala's honorable is always going to say ladies first. <laughs> okay, so where we were where we're coming from, where we're at and where we're going, right? Yeah. So for me I think now is also a time of introspection for many of us, most Zambians, and um, looking at where we're coming from, in the sense that with the appreciation of the culture in just a few days, people have been asking, where has this guy been? What took him so long? What took us so long to realize? I think what we went through with the previous government just made us appreciate democracy more. You know, um, most of the things that happened to us during this time seemed so far-fetched that we heard of in other countries and us having to experience them as Zambians was a shock. And it, this is why it was frustrating for most of us. Um, like the issue of the internet shutdown. The, um, PS uh, information, Amos Malupenga actually said that on TV and I was like, really? Shutting down the internet during an election? Wouldn't that be infringing on the right of the citizens businesses will lose out on money you know i had so many questions in my head and i thought it was not going to happen i thought they were literally just threatening us <laughs> and then on the actual day actually our election observers the eu african union and other people warning them to say don't do this you guys because it's not the right thing to do i mean who does that because we've seen it in other countries zimbabwe uganda went through the same during the election and then it actually happened. Trust me, I was frustrated. I was sick to my stomach that day. I was like, really? Is this how far we have come? Is this how desperate our leaders have become? Is this how selfish they are that they would go to any length to keep office for whatever reason? So it made me appreciate democracy and like the, the uh, freedom of expression. Some of the things that I took for granted, thinking internet is just a click away it's, it's about me turning my data on and off and then i have access to the whole world but then having to be in france to access the internet using vpn was a whole different story so it, it made me appreciate um democracy even more and that everything could be lost in a blink of an eye and we shouldn't take for granted also um i think we have learned that we have to probe our leaders uh, and hold them accountable for whatever actions they take. I think we were quite as Zambians for, for the longest time because we were scared, but we need to rise above the fears and remember that Zambia is ours to preserve. We only have one Zambia to our name. Where we are at now, um, it's about us forging ahead, obviously, rising above the political differences. Bali says he'll fix it, but he can't do it without us. You know, um, it takes a village. So it's about everyone's effort, everyone ensuring that they do their part in making Zambia a better place uh, to live in, in making Zambia 
a beacon of peace and us preserving that which we have already attained to our name, the good name that we have across the globe. So I think it's everyone coming together, holding hands and wanting to forge ahead. That's where we're at now. And Zambians being very optimistic and have set the expectations quite high for the new government. Going forward, I personally, as a Zambian, as a youth, I pledge my commitment to complementing the current government's efforts, ensuring that um, the platform for young people is made available. We are ahead as well as included in every process because we currently hold um, about 67% of the population that's for people living below the age of 35. So that's like the most uh, of our population. So we look forward to working with them, complementing their efforts, and of course, offering checks and balances where need be and holding them accountable for their actions and what they say. So basically, that's my stance, you know, going forward where we are now. Yeah, in a nutshell. Why, thank you. That definitely speaks to a lot. And it's definitely a lot to learn from what, what you've said. Unfortunately, we have lost Moila um, probably due to connection issues and, oh, yeah. and, and whatnot. But uh, this is why we come to the end of um, this week's episode. We definitely wish the new government that's going to be ushered in as president-elect to be inaugurated on Tuesday. Uh, all the best. And as young people, let's work collectively as one. Uh, support the nation. Be patriotic as we can. Work as hard as we can mm-hmm. to both unite our economy and become better people. It has been Enoch Mwangala and Mwila on Ground Zero today. And I hope you guys have a blessed day. And please do attend the inauguration. I hear it's open to everyone. Mm-hmm. It is open to everyone. On a lighter note, uh, people are saying... Uh, Hero Stadium only has a capacity of 60,000 seats and Kanyama constituency alone had 66, uh, 62,000 votes going to Bali so we don't know how we're going to share <laughs> those seats among ourselves as a country because everyone wants to be there but obviously we, we can only wait and see we wear face masks, we'll squeeze. We'll squeeze, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I think the rest of us can probably join from home or online via different uh, platforms. Of course. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. For listening. And please be sure to always send your comments and your messages via our message um, link provided in the description. I would definitely be grateful. Continue sharing the podcast and keep on listening. First and foremost, thank you so much for for having me. It was a great platform. So maybe just talk about uh, the closing remarks, where we are coming from, where we are, and where we are going. I think, you know, in politics, it's always important to learn from our past. And I think, you know, when we see President Edgar Lungu conceding defeat and making room for a smooth transition of power, it's because he's learning from the past. You know, he saw how our founding president, Dr. KK, you know, he was able to, you know, relinquish a portion of his power to pass it on to Dr. Frederick Chiluba. So I think that's something that we all have to learn from. So the patriotic front, they have their, their, their fair share of, of, uh, of problems. They have their fair share of negative, uh, of negative um, uh, identities. You know, they have their own fair share of what, it, what we can deem you know, and politically um, not inspirational. But at the end of the day, we need to learn from 
from what they did and what they did not do. We need to learn that when we are arrogant as leaders, you know, we lose our following with the people. We need to learn that when we amplify and we exhort our cronies and our cadres, we lose our touch with the people. We need to understand that when we justify error, you know, we people no longer have hope in our leadership. We need to learn a lot. You know, we also need to learn the, you know, the importance of being politicians that are people-oriented, you know, and I feel where we are right now with the current regime, um, we have a new government in power. That doesn't mean we go to sleep and we let them do what they feel like doing. But we need to be consistently providing checks and balances because that's what a democracy ought to be. So we are excited that we have a new administration. We're excited that Bali is now president. We have a new parliament. But at the end of the day, let us not forget that governance does not end upon casting your vote. Governance starts um, after inauguration. So it's high time that we started checking on the promises of our new president, what he, how he's going to fulfill them, how best can we support him, and, and, and the list goes on. Where we are going, up, you know, uh, the famous statement by President Kennedy where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can also do for your country. So I think where we are going is really about that. You know, the president-elect gave us a speech that was really magnifying. It, it rekindled our patriotism. So I feel, you know, it's, it's upon each and every Zambian where we, 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 we start positioning ourselves you know, for greatness, positioning ourselves um, or, or as to what we're going to do for our country because the biggest challenge that we have as Zambians is that we think the only way we can be relevant is if we are in politics. But we need to start asking ourselves as youth, as young people, what it is can I do in my own individual space? What can I do as regards matters of reproductive health, mental health, climate change, governance, science and technology, academia, the list goes on. We need young people to be relevant in not only politics, but in every circle of life. So ask not what Zambia can do for you, but ask yourself what you can actually do for Zambia. And above and beyond, the problems of our community, ladies and gentlemen, they are inevitable. But we have to be the inevitable solution to society's inevitable problems. Thank you very much and God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about the new government because first and foremost we believe that change is here and um, there's so much expectation but the bigger thing is that we, we are so fed up with uh, the corrupt practices and the activities of the previous government and now that we have got change with uh, a lot of positive you know, optimistic promises and we are hoping that they will be fulfilled. So my expectations of the new government is that I would like to see it uh, being able to realize their vision and uh, their plan so to say and also they should respect you know the rule of law and listen to the people they should consult the people in whatever they do and then my expectations of the new government is that they should i expect them to deliver what they say they will deliver like all the promises they've made i hope that they will fulfill them I hope it's not going to be like the previous um, regime. Well, you know, they're supposed to, in the beginning, obviously also made promises and whatnot. So I just hope things are going to be different this time around. My expectations of the new government is just for them to attend to to the needs of, of the majority Zambians that have entrusted them with the role of governing this country. And I expect things to change. I expect a brighter future, a more free and fair Zambia. 
in the new government i want transparency to be seen not like the previous government the way it had kadarism kadarism was more than uh, than the way people expected things to be and then we need the new government to show us that we are going to do this and we're going to help you in such a way and we also need those leaders to actually mobilize people that would actually uh, bring out the sense out of the people that have got the demands in those communities and what they need. The expectations for the new government is high among as many Zambians, including myself, because we want the economy to be revamped, we want to have a conducive environment to do business, uh, we want employment, we want to be heard as young people, and I'm sure uh, we want also the industrialization of companies and entities to create more, not only job opportunities, but to create more goods that we can export outside the country. So the expectations are very high. You look at the vast resources that the country has that are not being used. So the new government has got a lot of work to do. They have made a lot of promises and they should be held accountable to each and every promise. We know they can't employ everybody, but we expect the best and we expect nothing.